With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. Turn first-round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. The Volume. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe, totally secure, super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets, live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. This is Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. NFL, two weeks in, Joe Burrow stops by, the Bengals quarterback. What do they have to do to turn it around? Plus, he tunes out social media. Why? Chad Millman, sharper square. I'm red hot on my picks. You know, Joe... You arguably played on the greatest college football team I've ever seen. Um, I mean, it was like 15 NFL guys. Now that you've pivoted to the NFL, I grew up first as a kid as a college football fan. And then now, you know, my business, it's 70, 30, 80, 20 NFL. On Saturdays, because you guys travel on Fridays, I think. So on Saturdays, do you still go old school and watch college football games and check out the SEC and the Big Ten because I'll always be drawn to it, Joe, my entire life. I'm nine years old. remember sitting there watching the Huskies and Don James when I'm in high school. What are your Saturdays like before a game? Yeah, we have meetings a lot of the day or we're traveling. And so I'll throw on a game if I can. And like you, I grew up, I didn't watch the NFL. I was a college football fan. 
so I'll watch LSU. They usually have a night game that I can watch. Um, Ohio State, I try to, but um, I don't get to watch as much as I probably would like to. Yeah, it was funny. I talked to Urban Meyer once before he took an NFL job, and he told me, he goes, I've never watched football on Sundays. <laughs> I'm like, Urban, you may not want to take that job and make it up on the fly because <laughs> it's really, really hard. Is there anything about pro football? Like, I've always thought the college football pass interference rule is much better than the NFL pass interference rule. But if I trip you, it could be a 58-yard penalty. I think that's insane. That's the part of I, – I don't like the college football overtime much, but is there part of college football you actually thought was smarter from like an organizational uh, management standpoint than pro football? Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> I think I – think, I hate the targeting rule. I don't think anybody should get kicked out of the game for – a play that's made in the moment. Uh, I think I think the NFL is just a, a superior product. Yeah. So I made this comment the other day on the air. I said, I'm going to give you three quarterbacks. They're all really good. Burrow, Stafford, Brady. They all have something in common. They all miss practice because of different reasons. Two of them surgeries or you know physical stuff. One of them a family issue. They didn't play in the preseason. And all three of them had changes on the offensive line. And I said, there's no way you can say in week one, they're going to have it together. Brady scrapped, Stafford scrapped, and your guy's offense scrapped. I thought in the second half against Dallas, I was like, oh, okay, here it goes. I I honestly felt like as a viewer, I thought the light came on. You felt more comfortable. That was my, as a consumer, that's what I saw. Did that happen? Because I felt you were so much more comfortable for the first half of football this year. I was like, okay, that's Joe Burrow. That's the offense. That works. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, we got the quick game going a little bit. We, we, you know, we had a 21-play drive in there, so we kind of warmed down. Offensive line was playing great. We were completing balls, moving the ball down the field, running for first downs. And so I thought the, the second half, we really picked it up. First half, you know, we just got behind the chain so much. We were first and 15 three times. And first and 15 in the NFL, it's going to be really hard to get a first down. So we got to eliminate those penalties, stay on track, stay in front of the chains. And then we're not going to get all these third down exotic stunts from the defensive lines that we're playing. The defensive linemen are too good in this league to go first and 15, second and 10. And then they're just teeing off like, like it's third down. You can't play that way. Um, and so that's not a recipe for success. So we just got to eliminate that. And I think we'll be fine. You know, I, I remember Mahomes third year in the league, or maybe it was last year. People said, okay, there's a way to defend him. Don't give him anything over the top. Make him be patient. And now I'm hearing it with Joe Burrow. Joe, he wants to go, de- you know, cause you, you, t- you let it rip, which is my kind of quarterback. And I hear this, well, you know, um, uh, you know, he's going to have to learn to be patient. My takeaway is, well, there's an offensive line thing he's kind of working through right now and a lack of repetition with his with this guys. When you hear that, somebody says, oh, there's a way to defend Burrow. Make him be patient. How does that land for you? Well, I, well, my rookie year, it was the exact opposite. We couldn't hit any throws down the field. And so teams were challenging us and it was make him throw over the top. And then after last year, it was make him be patient. And so I think we've done a great job of adjusting to what defenses are, are giving us. And this year, they're trying to take the, the deep ball away from us because we had so much success last year. And so we got to find ways to find explosive plays, run after the catch without 
you know, getting those big one-on-one opportunities because we're just not going to get as many because our, our receivers are so are so good at what they do. And so we're going to have to to innovate ways to find those explosive plays. But in the meantime, we're just going to have to take what the defense gives us, run the ball well, and and find more points. You know, Joe, I think people forget if you watch a movie and the last 15 minutes of the movie are great, that's all you remember. You could you could watch an average movie, but if it has a great ending, everybody's like, oh, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Nobody walks out of a laughing out of a theater and says it was an average movie. People forget last year. Go back to I've talked about this on the air. I'm like, <laughs> the Bengals had a great ending to the season, but like week 10, let's, let's go back to week 10. You guys were trying to kind of find yourself, if I remember. Yeah, that was, I think our bye week was week 10 and we had just lost the Jets on the road and got blown out by the Browns at home. And I think I was on your show that week. I've, unfortunately, I don't think we've got to talk after a win yet. Hopefully that'll come this week. But that was, yeah, we lost two games in a row several times last year. At one point on a six game stretch, we were two and four. And so, you know, we just got to find ways to be more consistent. And whether that's running the ball better, me taking care of the football better, getting the ball out faster, finding more completions. We just got to figure out, you know, a way to do that. Nobody's panicking. You know, we, we feel the urgency of the two losses, but we're just taking it one week at a time. If we go out there and, and take care of business this week, where I think we'll be on a roll. They always say you can lose games. You can't lose a locker room. You guys are really, really young. You lose three in a row. I get it. There's a feel of desperation. What's the level of intensity this week? I mean, because let's be honest. I've said this before. The Rams are not playing good football. I just trust their people. You guys right now, there are teams that are 0-2, like Tennessee, and I just don't think they have the weapons. I think I I just see them struggling. I look at you and the Rams, and I think they got to get their own lines figured out. The quarterbacks didn't play in the preseason. I see moments. I saw a first half of the Rams this week. I was like, wow. I saw the second half with you guys. I went, yeah, they're they're fine. They're just got to get this shit figured out. But but the reality is, Joe, you're 0-2. And this league yeah. is just brutal statistically to 0-3. Do you forecast an incredibly intense week? Yeah, we got to go out and have a great week of practice. An intense week of preparation that will lead us into a victory on Sunday. Um, I don't think it'll be any different execution wise in practice, but we might feel that urgency a little bit. Our own two, um, not where we want to be, but 15 games left, 16 weeks left, a lot of football to be played. I think, you know, the biggest thing for us is starting off faster. You know, week one, pick six, fumble recovery in, in the first quarter, we give them 10 points immediately. Now we're playing from behind. Now we're facing third down defenses, prevent defenses, keeping it in front. Same thing last week, first and 15, first and 15, first and 15. They start out strong, two touchdowns in a row. And now we're behind 14 points, 17-3 at half. Now we're play, playing prevent defense, third down defenses. And so we, we got to start faster so we can stick to our game plan, run the ball, play action, take our shots when they're there. And, you know, more of those shots will, will open up down the field if we start faster and we're not playing from behind. Is, you know... Again, you're from LSU, so you played with NFL guys when you were 17, 18 years old. Same with Ohio State. I think you – I'm not sure if you were on the team with Chase Young, but Jamar Chase. Yep. Right. So, you play Micah Parsons. 
I, I commented during the game. It's like watching John ja Morant in football. Like he has like six moves. I'm like, holy God, this isn't like anything. When you're when you know there's a Hall of Fame level, when you're watching him, a Vaughn Miller or a Micah Parsons. I mean, was he a little better in person than you thought? Is it? I mean, get, take me through like playing somebody, and you know, oh, that that's arguably the best player on the football field. I wouldn't say he was better in person because I saw him on film and knew exactly what he was going to be. He's a unbelievably big, strong, and fast player, but you know, it's not one one dimensional. There's a lot of a lot of good pass rushers in this league, but not a lot of guys like him that they can move around from three technique to edge rusher to off the ball linebacker blitzing and getting matchups on a on a running back so they can just move him around and do do a lot of different things with him because he's so versatile and you know i'm i'm excited to watch him keep playing because he's going to keep getting better and better he's a young guy who's already one of the best in the league and you know i'm excited to keep watching him you know joe one of the things you've done i like it but not you know i've always been like I like athletes who have an opinion on social issues. I'm good with it. I don't I, I like I don't think Tiger Woods had to have opinions on it. I don't think we should force people to say things they don't want to say. But if athletes go that way, I'm all I'm all for it. And you live in a very conservative part of the country, Ohio. And, you know, you don't have a problem having an opinion on social issues. You're obviously pretty fearless in that space is. Um, and you, you're going to eventually have big advertisers coming in. Just how do you reconcile all of it? Like what goes through your head when we have a social issue, a cultural issue? How do, what's going through your head? Well, my initial thought for everything is to try to figure out my own thoughts on it because there's not – I don't think there's one way to look at everything. And I have to you know, take in all the information and make my own decision on it. I'm a young guy who's – you know, trying to figure out my thoughts on the world every now and then. And um, if somebody asks me a question on it, I'm going to answer honestly. I'm not going to try to dodge a question. Um, I try to have a, a great rela relationship with the media. And so I want to answer as many questions as honestly as I can. And, you know, if I feel strongly about something, I'm not, not afraid to, to speak my mind on it. But I'm also not afraid to say that I don't have an opinion on it, that I haven't really studied it and I don't really have all the facts on it. So, um, I'm not afraid to go either way, but I think these days everything is so polarizing that I think people that speak out can kind of bring people together in a way. Yeah, it used to be, I'm in my 50s. When I was in my 20s, you could literally say, Boy, it's hot. It's been hot this summer. And nobody, there'll be no argument. Now, if you say that, it's like, oh, you think there's climate change? Oh, you're one of these global warming yet. And it's like, yeah. no, I just think it's hot. It's it's June. I'm I'm over the summer. I was in Turks and Caicos. It's just way too hot for me. I can't take July there. And it is weird. Like parts of me wish I was in my 20s. Like the ability, my son's into tech and I'm like, God, he's so much smarter than I am. He's so good with this stuff. He could be a hacker if he wanted to. I mean, he's got coding and, and I'm like, I'm so, I was playing Atari at a bowling alley. Like that's what we had. We didn't have anything. And then there's parts of being young and I think, oh my God, what would I have done on social media? Jesus, this is, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, I would yeah. have been in disaster. Are there ever times you're like, I'm putting down the phone? 
Yeah, I, I don't have any social media throughout the week. You know, I really not a lot during the season. If I feel like I need a break from it, I delete it all from my phone. You know, it can be kind of overwhelming when you're in the in the position that I'm in. You know, everyone can kind of get a little piece of you here and there. And I like to, I'm a private person that I don't like to share very much. And so I try to keep my social media as professional as I can. Uh, whether it's pictures walking into games on the field, you know, try to keep, keep my family out of it. Because uh, there's a lot of bad that comes with all that. And there's so much spotlight and so little privacy these days that you try to grab and take any privacy that you can. And so I don't have any social media right now on my phone. If I feel like I need to post something, I'll go on there and post it, delete it again. But, uh, you know, I don't like to be on there too much. I'm, I'm the same. I have my staff run a lot of mine. Um, my kids different generationally. Um, but family's different. My wife's not on it at all. So my daughter sat next to your parents, your mom, said she was incredibly sweet at the Baltimore Ravens game. Yeah. And I always think, God, how would my mom have handled all the criticism I get, right? How do your parents deal with it, especially moms? Yeah, that's uh, – we haven't really talked about that much. Um, you know, fortunately, for the most part, things have that have been said about me have been in a, a positive light. Obviously, there's a lot of negativity out there, but um, – and then, you know, with the start that we're off to, there's also a lot of negativity. So I think that they are starting to feel the effects of that. We haven't really talked about it much, but I mean, it's hard not to. I, I would imagine that they do, but uh, we don't really talk about that much. Yeah. My mom came to me before she passed away one time and she said, oh, my, she had a friend who was kind of a gossip, but a funny lady named Norma. And she said, you know, Norma tells me you're very controversial. I'm like, mom, I'm not controversial. <laughs> I'm like, I have opinions. I'm not controversial. I said, if you're brutally honest, you know, it ticks people off. So my yeah. mom was, ooh, uh, this is terrible. I'm like, mom, get off Google. It's not yeah. built for 72-year-olds. Like, get off Google. <laughs> Joe, it was so brutal. I wonder if you'll get to a point where, like, mom, just get off it. Stop it. Yeah, I definitely have had to tell my dad that a couple of times. Uh just especially early on, mainly at LSU, when everything started to ramp up a little bit. Uh, He's like, oh, did you see this article, this article? I was like, no, dad, I don't really like to look at that stuff. He's like, okay, I get it. I get it. And so he kind of, you know, they get it. And, you know, we've been, this has been three years now in the spotlight. And so, you know, my friends and family understand the, the position that I'm in and now that they are in as well. Um, and they are adjusted to it as, just as well as I am. Are, do you still have high school or college buddies like 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 non-football buddies like still hang with them oh yeah my uh i mean those are really the my best friends that i i continue to hang out with these days obviously you make new friends through football but you know it's just kind of hard to to make new friends in the position that i'm in that right don't really understand what this life is about and so you know my friends from high school and college they watch me grow up and know me from before I was the person that I am now in everybody else's eyes. And I'm still the same person to them. And so it's so easy to go back to Athens, Ohio and hanging out with, hang out with all, all the friends that I hung out with when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, just because 
you know, they, they understand it. They get it. They know who I am truly deep down. And, you know, that's what I love about those guys. Yeah. I always, I say, um, my, my, it's like a parking garage. I just don't have any openings. There's no openings yeah. in my parking garage. All the spaces are full. Yeah. I, most of my friends all get it. I have one high school friend, two college, and then, you know, buddies through my career. The only thing that's hard to describe to people for me as a public figure is my time. Everything has to be like my calendar every day is like eight things. Yours has to be double that, right? Yeah. The main thing is like, if I'm trying to hang out with a friend that I haven't seen for a while, it's like, hey, do you want to go get some dinner? And it's like, yeah, I would love to, but you know, where are we going to go? We got to get this private table. We're, I don't want to get bothered. I would like to sit down and actually have an interaction and conversation with you without having to you know, cater to these other people. So usually we just end up getting takeout and, and eating at my house and watching a movie or something. And so that's kind of what my world has turned into. Totally. Cincinnati, I mean, I would think people in Cincinnati are mostly respectful of your space. Like the yeah. Midwestern ethos, be a gentleman, be a good person. It's That's what it feels like to me. I don't know Cincinnati. Yeah. For the most part, people in Ohio, if I decide to go out, they'll wait to come and ask for a picture until I'm done eating. If I'm with my friends or my family, um, usually people in Ohio are extremely respectful in that regard. It, when you go outside of Ohio is kind of when it gets a little crazy uh, because... I guess I don't, I guess I don't know. Maybe people just in Ohio feel they know it's my home. They know I'm from here. They understand that we have shared values and the dinner table is a shared value. Uh, and then when you go somewhere else, maybe it's just different. I don't know. It's interesting. No, you know what I think it is. They protect you in Cincinnati. They yeah. feel like you're, you're a big part of their community and they're protecting you. So they, they, the last thing they ever want is for you to feel like, Ah, this is a small town. I'm Joe Burrow. I, yeah. I think there's a lot of that where people, they're protecting you. It's like the ultimate sign of respect is don't bother our guy. That, that's yeah, my guess probably, on what it is. You're probably right. And that's a, a big reason why I love being here is because the fans here are great. People here are great. They, they get it. We all, I'm from Ohio. They're from Ohio. We all understand each other. And when you grow up in, in the same area, you all have a, a unique understanding of, of how you operate. Football season's underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today, get started, $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Promo code, though, is Colin to get in on the action. Always Colin. Turn game day into payday. Win totals, division winners, player props, week one spreads and totals. Play your way. Bet on more than just the final score. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. My fave. Now, FanDuel is also live in Kansas, baby. Don't fumble your chance. 150 bucks in free bets, win or lose, promo code Colin. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. 
permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-HOP E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, time for another edition of Sharper Square. I had a very good week, four and one on my Blazing Five. So let's get to the games I like a lot. I'm going to take the Commanders plus six and a half at home against the Eagles. Eagles short week. The world's telling them how great they are. And the truth is the Commanders did beat a Jacksonville team, which I think is actually pretty spunky. Carson Wentz gets a lot of criticism, but it's funny. The Colts can't move the chain since he left. Maybe he wasn't the problem. I'm going to take in a division rivalry, six and a half points every day, veteran coach, sharper square. Of course, this is the sharp play. You said all the key phrases. You're getting a division dog at a big number. You're getting a quarterback who probably will burn you at some point, but he's also a quarterback who has kept his team in games and in cover positions. And I agree with you about the Jags. I think they're going to win the AFC South. Uh, I bet him before the season began at eight to one to win the AFC South. Uh, and you've seen the Eagles team, that Kirk Cousins game, he gave it to the Eagles. The Eagles were giving Kirk Cousins every opportunity to stay in that game. I would be a little worried about the Eagles defense right now. And as you said, it's a classic buy low, sell high, right? You're getting the Eagles coming off that primetime game, coming off a huge win. They are the team that everyone thinks is going to be dominant in the NFC right now. And the commanders, you know, they'd have lost. They just lost. So, so it's the right spot. Like the Jags plus seven against the Chargers. First of all, I think they can move the ball. I talked to Greg Cosell today. He said he already sees improvements from Urban to Doug Peterson at quarterback. Uh, the Christian Kirk dynamic is working. Um, Justin Herbert is not practicing at full speed. They're a little banged up. Cole Lindsley, the Pro Bowl center, probably doesn't play. Um, it feels like a lot of points in a game that, I mean, the Chargers, I think, left some offense on the table against the Chiefs and the Raiders. Seven points is too much here. They may go with Chase Daniel because it's a long season and not risk it. I like the Jags plus seven, sharper square. Yeah, this is totally sharp. 90% of the money, no joke, 90% of the money is coming in on the Jaguars. And it's not a small number of tickets either. And the Jags, I thought they could have beaten the Commanders in week one. They gave it away. Then they played great in week two. They did what a lot of us expected them to do. When I came on the show last week, we talked about the Jags at four and a half. Um, they did exactly what we thought they would do. With the Chargers, this is a really big number. I'm surprised at the value you're getting on the Jaguars right now, uh, especially with the Herbert scenario. Uh, he's got four essentially broken ribs. That's not easy to play through. So even if he is going to play, he's going to be hobbled. Jaguars are 100% the sharp side here. Yeah, Jags I thought were better than the Commanders. Okay, this is an ugly, ugly corner game that nobody wants to watch, but I want to bet it. I'm going to take Atlanta plus one and a half at Seattle. Yards per play rushing, Atlanta far superior. Offensive line, Seahawks start two rookie tackles. I'll take the Falcons. Yards passing per game, Mariota is absolutely better when healthy than Geno Smith. Advantage Atlanta. The better team, 
getting points. I think Geno's sort of a one-trick pony. That first opening game, it was fantastic. They looked like a dud against the Niners. I know nobody wants to watch it. Doesn't mean I don't want to bet it. It's one of my favorites, Atlanta plus the point, sharper square. All right, so you've hit on some really key points here. Number one, the Seahawks, the only time to bet them was in week one. We talked about this on the show. I begged you to take the Seahawks plus six against the Broncos. That was going to be the only spot. If you talk to professional bettors right now, the way they are power rating teams, the Seahawks and the Bears are the two worst teams in the NFL. The Falcons are a team that they love. And you can see it in the line move here. This game opened at three and a half with the Falcons as three and a half point underdogs on the road at Seattle. The game is now down to one. It is moving fast. Pretty soon, the Falcons in some spots, it'll be pick. This game will probably have them going off as favorites. It'll be a huge swing. If you want to get the Falcons, get it now. There are some wise guys who will say to you, just bet the Falcons. They're the better team and they have loved the Falcons this year. The Falcons plus 10 against the Rams last week was a huge, huge wise guy play. And they thought they left a lot of plays in the field. They really love this offense. They love the way it's so predicated on the run. Uh, so you were getting a lot of wise guy activity on the Falcons. And the wise guys will be on the Falcons a lot this year. Okay, another slight underdog, Dallas getting a point at the Giants. Listen, I think Dallas has better personnel. I think the story that Brian Dable is improving, um, Daniel Jones, is a nice story. I don't think it's a nice team, although I do think they have found in Andrew Thomas their left tackle for the next decade. That's a great story. They have Kenny Galladay issues now asking, why don't I get the ball? They could easily be 0-2. They're 2-0. I think I get the better team. Cooper Rush isn't Dak. But he's playing at a level that's reasonably similar to Dak. I'm going to take the points in the Cowboys, sharper square. So it's completely split on this one. Uh, the line has moved in the Cowboys' direction. I can't deny that. But the Giants have been a wise guy team since the before the season began. The wise guys were betting their season win total over. They bet them in game one. They bet them against the Panthers. This is a team that the wise guys have been backing all year long. I think come Monday, you're going to start seeing money come in on the Giants. I personally am going to back the Giants here. It's too short of a home favorite uh, in a division game in prime time. I don't agree with you about Cooper Rush at all. I don't think he is Dak level. We talked about this last week, right? I, you, you said you wanted to take the Bengals, and I'm like, listen, the Cowboys at this number, which was plus eight and a half to plus seven, Dak Prescott is not a quarterback who is worth the amount of points against the point spread that he had been given credit for in the way that line moved, but he's still better than Cooper Rush. And this number should not be moving in the direction of the Cowboys. What they do have, statistically and in every other metric, Micah Parsons is just dominant. And I think if anything, you mentioned Andrew Thomas, like that could be the mitigating factor. He will be the, the left tackle that Micah Parsons is going up against that is better than anybody else he has faced. So that'll yeah. be interesting to me. All right. Time for favorites. Listen, I can admit when I'm wrong. San Francisco has such a coaching advantage. I'm going to swallow one and a half against Denver. Hackett is lost. But here's the interesting thing. I'm going to throw my theory at you. Is that there's a sense 
Never forget that Kyle Shanahan, many said privately, wanted Mac Jones, knowing his athletic limitations. The Niners offense, which is now the Miami offense, is built for Tua and Garoppolo. They're Chris Paul, right? They're distributors. They don't need Kobe Bryant. They don't need Michael Jordan running the show. That's Baltimore. Superhuman talent. That's Kansas City. This offense needs a quick distributor to get the ball in the hands of Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. So whereas Garoppolo and Tua are limited, there's an argument to be made. They are ideal for this offense, right? That's why there was some frustration publicly with Trey Lance. He waited too long. He wasn't as accurate. I think San Francisco, I think when they have Garoppolo starting, they're a pain in the arse to face. Major coaching advantage. I think the Niners go into Denver. I'll, I'll swallow the one and a half and beat the Broncos, sharper square. Yeah, this is a big wise guy game right now. And it's for all those reasons you just said. It's so interesting. In the beginning of the year, people are high on Trey, on Trey Lance. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get, but you're excited about what the ceiling can be. And you kind of know what Jimmy Garoppolo is, right? You know that he's going to be accurate. He's pro- in, in the short game. He's not going to be accurate in the long game. There will probably plays at some point in the game that you need him to make in high pressure situations late in the game that he won't make in games that really, really matter. NFC Championship game, Super Bowl. During the regular season, this is a guy you bet on. And everyone now understands this is a team that they can uh, feel comfortable betting on as short road favorites. And Kyle Shannon, through his career, he's better on the road than he is at home. And I think what we've seen with the Broncos, like Nathaniel Hackett, he is a little bit underwater right now. And so he, he was 15 to 1 to be coach of the year when the season began. He is now at about 100 to 1 to be coach of the year. I think there are coaching issues there. He is learning how to be a head coach in real time. And Russell Wilson has not been the Russell Wilson that that I certainly thought he would be. I thought the Broncos would have a chance to compete in this division. They do not. One more favorite. People paid very little attention in the Miami-Baltimore game, which I watched for a second time on Wednesday on the treadmill. Baltimore was the better team. Lamar was the better quarterback. But because of the way it ended in the fireworks show, Tua grabbed the headlines. Lamar Jackson's very good, outplayed Tua for 75% of the game. It was rookie defensive backs that made Tua look like, you know, Joe Montana. Baltimore's a really good football team. The New England Patriots have real limitations. What their weakness is, is what the Ravens' weakness is. You can beat the Ravens over the top. Patriots don't throw over the top. I'm going to swallow the two and a half. I think Baltimore's an elite team, sharper square. This has been a fascinating game. Uh, And we talked a lot about this on the Favorites podcast today. Uh, We do this segment called Sharp Calls, where we'll do the podcast on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, we will review the calls that we have gotten from professional bettors who listen to the podcast and will have opinions on the games that we talked about. We talked a lot about the Ravens and the Patriots. On Tuesday, got the most sharp calls about the Ravens and the Patriots for today. Thursday, 
The Pats plus three is the side everybody is coming in on. I think the problem with the Ravens, and I agree with you, like I, I was concerned, am I letting the second half collapse of the Ravens influence my thinking on this game? Am I letting a uh, recency bias influence how I want to bet on this game? The truth of the matter is, you mentioned the Ravens' defensive back issues. They have a lot of issues. And they also, more importantly, cannot run the ball. And so what you're getting is a team that's going on the road and is now expected to be a road favorite against a team in the Patriots that when Matt Jones plays, they are a serviceable team. When he's healthy, he, they are a serviceable team. So I think the wise guys are starting to see a little bit of an advantage here at the Patriots plus three. You saw it come down a little bit to two and a half. Uh, I would not be surprised if now that the line is so much higher because it opened a pick. So what we're doing here is playing the numbers, right? And when it gets so high and a home underdog as a field goal gets to that number, a team like the Patriots, the wise guys start buying back. volume make sure to check out the draymond green show i brought draymond green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports unique perspective understands behind the rope also chops up with guests like gary payton zach levine tracy mcgrady make sure download the draymond green show wherever you get your podcasts only on the volume podcast network it's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.